the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yeah, but what about the dusky gopher frog? That is the big question. Well, maybe it's not big, but it might be a question among environmentalists now that the Trump administration has announced changes to the enforcement of the Endangered Species Act. The dusky gopher frog was considered endangered and prevented millions of dollars of development over 1,500 acres in Louisiana not too long ago. Uh, this happened. Uh, uh, this happened in the. Uh, that's happened a lot in the 45-year history of the Endangered Species Act. It's been a really good example of government stupidity. And Donald Trump decided to fix it. So now what? Well, in a few minutes uh, after the break, we're going to talk to a guy who says fixing the Endangered Species Act was long overdue and probably pretty good for endangered species, actually. We'll cut through the hysteria with him. I have my favorite story about the stupidity of the EPA. And it, it may not actually be the uh, EPA, but it's... The federal government and it's about the environment and it's really stupid and has always been a reason for me to look at everything they do with a lot of suspicion. This is my I just think it's a, a, a really good example of the hysteria and how doing something that you think well something that makes you feel good means that it is good. Um, I took uh, I've taken several snowmobile trips out to Wyoming. Jackson Hole, Wyoming is where we would have our headquarters, and we would go snowmobiling at uh, various places out there. But one of the stops was uh, Yellowstone National Park. And uh, every trip that I took, is they've been the best trips I've ever taken in my life. Uh, I took it with just guys, except one trip we took with eight guys and one woman who was great. She survived. We would go 200 miles in one day on a snowmobile. We would go in, um, in, in, the, uh, in the park, in the Yellowstone Park. Now, you're... The park is closed. It, it closes early in the winter because of the snow. You can't cars can't pass there. So what they have is uh, the the snowmobile trails were just the actual highway, the highways that the cars, trucks, RVs, hauling boats, everything, motorcycles, everything that you could imagine would be driving on these roads in the summertime. Right now, as we speak, there's probably a line of traffic on those roads with they're spewing all the um, the carbon dioxide and uh, and all that stuff, and um, that, that's okay during the summer. But we would ride these snowmobiles. Now, just keep in mind that we're riding on a snowmobile that is on a highway. But there's we would go. I, I can remember one time going 110 miles round trip in 55 miles in one direction and turning around. It was myself and two other guys. We go in 55 miles and turn around and come back. A total of 110 miles on the snowmobile. We saw two other snowmobiles other than the three that we were on in the entire time. That's like driving from here to Erie on a snowmobile and seeing two other snowmobiles. And it was great. That was one of the great things about it was it was uh, wide open. You saw all kinds of wildlife. Uh, We'd have to stop and literally crawl along on the snowmobiles because there would be several buffalo on the in, in the road and we'd have to sneak by them hoping they wouldn't get mad at us we saw coyotes i think we even saw wolves a few times and very few human beings but i would see pictures in usa today they were talking about they, they just have to stop these snowmobiles from being in the park because it's disturbing the wildlife and i remember seeing pictures in usa today of a line of snowmobiles in the park and but what they didn't tell you was that that was a line that was backed up because it was people who would go like 12 miles on the snowmobile tops and they would they would migrate to Old Faithful which is the if there's just such a thing as an overrated wonder of the world that's it it's the most overrated place I've ever been but so that's where they would get a a, a crowd of snowmobiles other than that we would be out on the highway, and we wouldn't see anybody for literally for hours. Not one other snowmobile. But someone came along and decided that snowmobiles were disturbing the wildlife. Now, 
That's fine if they are, except that, as I said, if you would go parachute into Yellowstone National Park right now, you would see 8,000 cars, trucks, RVs, buses, everything you can think of, every motorized vehicle you can think of, driving on the same roads that we were driving on in our snowmobiles. But our snowmobiles were disturbing the environment, but the but the trucks and the cars and the buses, they weren't. So... And, and as that's been, I don't know, 10 years. And so, as far as I know, you can only go in there on a snowmobile if you're on a guided tour, which you don't want to do because you're in there with a bunch of people who don't want to go fast and you don't, they don't want to, and you got to go where they want to go and it's, it's not the same thing. So, that's my, that's my experience with, uh, with the environment and the federal government and doing something stupid. And I believe that that was, um, the Obama administration that uh, was able to uh, make that happen and stop the snowmobiles in um, in uh, Yellowstone Park. So that's my that's my experience with that. But also uh, keep in mind too that um, the uh, the president was in Beaver County today, and they were um, he had to defend himself against protests against a company that's producing plastic, and uh, so. You know, snowmobiles are a small problem compared to plastic straws, which are killing the environment. So that's what's going on today. But when uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the story that story about the dusky gopher frog and more federal government stupidity. Stick around. Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh homes and businesses. This is John Steigerwald. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsrspittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday right here on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Waldemere is your summer oasis. Beat the heat with Waterworld's incredible giant wave pool, two fun-filled water playgrounds, and body and tube slides for all ages. Or simply float around the endless river or unwind in one of the two heated relaxing pools. There's something for everyone. And Waldemere has thrill rides like the incredible chaos, family rides to share, and kiddie land for your little ones. There's so much to do, you'll want to come back again and again. That makes a season pass your absolute best value. Don't have a season pass? Well, we've got a deal for you. Purchase a 2020 season pass in full, and starting this Sunday, August 18th, your 2020 pass will be honored for the remainder of the 2019 season. So you can ride, slide, and brave the waves as much as you like through Labor Day, plus be all set for next season. No better way to finish off the summer. Details at Waldemere.com. Excitement waits for you at Waldemere. Waldemere we're talking to Rocky Blyer. He's involved with the Miracle League of Moon Township and the construction of a Miracle League athletic field. The fields are designed to make it possible for kids with special needs to play sports. Every child, no matter what the situation, deserves a chance to be able to play, to compete, and have a place that's safe, takes care of needs, that's organized. This will be the fourth Miracle League field that will be built. Now we've got four places to be able to travel, so it broadens the whole interest of sports. It's just terrific for a community to do that. There's a buddy system I thought was pretty impressive. What's that all about? Kids with special needs have a buddy. A a child who's in school. It's like having an older brother or sister involved with you. So it's really good in that everybody has human dignity of being able to participate. The website is 
miraclesandmoon.org. Check it out, and let's help make this dream a reality. Hey, Rocky, thanks, and uh, we'll be talking hey. to you again about this project. Appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Take it, it easy. Thanks. Rocky All Blyer, right, and we'll be right back. Once upon a time, many years ago, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. I believe they called it a phone book. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? We've come a long way. Now, there's Salem Surround. We help deliver customers right to your front door with targeted digital marketing. These are the tools of the 21st century smart businesses use to succeed. And our team at Salem Surround can guide you through all the available options with the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof so you can spend time taking care of your customers. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. With Salem Surround, there are no limitations on how and where you can reach customers total market penetration for increased roi learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com surroundpittsburgh.com connecting you with new customers this is the john steigerwald show on am 1250 the answer well it's not hard to get liberals riled up there are two topics that if you present them properly will automatically cause an hysterical reaction one of those is the environment and yesterday, the uh, Trump administration touched a hot button. Endangered species. It made changes to the Endangered Species Act, and already multiple states are threatening or have already filed, I think, lawsuits. Darren Baxt is the senior research fellow uh, in agriculture policy at the Heritage Foundation, and he joins us now. Darren, thanks for being here. That's oh, great to be here. Thanks. So if I'm an endangered species, uh, am I more endangered now than I was yesterday? No, I think you're pretty happy today. I really do. I think you're happy because now the, the federal government is actually going to improve the implementation of the Endangered Species Act so it can actually help to conserve your species. Um, it's just amazing. Uh, well, maybe it's not that amazing. When you see the media try to just be in hysterics over the changes that have been finalized by the Trump administration, these changes are just common-sense changes that are actually going to help protect species. So, so when you see this type of hysteria, it makes you realize maybe this issue is really just about being anti-development as opposed to trying to protect endangered species. Yeah, has it always been that? I mean, um, I mean, how, how many people really have ever been concerned about the snail darter or whatever? You know, one of those. Uh, that's one. That's some. That's a. That's a, a, a some kind a species that pops into my head. I don't know what it is. I just remember something about a snail darter a few years ago. Yeah, you know, look, I think people are concerned about it, but the the the, the problem is that the, uh, the the law has been implemented in a way that simply doesn't work. Um, so they so when a species is considered threatened or endangered, they get put on a list. And on this list that's existed for over forty five years, only three percent of those species have been removed from that list because they've actually recovered. And they're no longer thought of as threatened or endangered. And it put, put, to give you some context, it, almost as many species have been removed from the list because of some mistake as they have because they've been recovered. So the Trump administration, what they're trying to do is they're trying to improve the implementation of the law. Because if we've got this law and society has decided we're going to protect species, let's actually make sure it, in fact, works and doesn't trample on property rights. And, in fact, encourages people to conserve species. It doesn't discourage people from, you know, you know, what happens is property owners will wind up trying to, like, destroy their own properties to make sure that a species doesn't get on the property. That's just ridiculous. We don't want that to happen. So um, you say that only 3% have been um, removed from the list, which means that many, many species, 45 years later, after whatever was done to supposedly preserve uh, them, um, didn't work. I mean, well, yeah, it, it it didn't make it. It didn't. Um, it didn't reduce the danger. Their danger. They're still endangered. Well, exactly, and that and that's the you know that, that's the the point is the and kind of one of the reasons why you know when when you start to analyze this law and you look at the history of it and how it's been applied in the in the criticism, it, what happens is species get listed, and then what happens is that those impose restrictions can impose restrictions on property owners, their ability to use their, their private property, and, and including restricting development. 
it's really hard to get species off of these lists because, first of all, the law is not working, and also because a lot of the groups, environmental groups, will make it very difficult to get a species delisted. So it, it just, you know, honestly, it just winds up being we just don't want development. Not that really we were trying to protect species. And, and, and that's just, I think it's time that we start calling uh, some of these groups out. And not, not all the environmental groups, but some of these environmental groups are really, you know, really should be called out for what they're doing. And this has always collided with private property rights, correct? I mean, that's uh, uh, somebody Absolutely. somebody decides they want to build a nice big, uh, uh, whatever, hotel, plant, uh, far, uh, you know, build a farmhouse, whatever, and somebody discovers some animal that might be disrupted by it, and the government gets to tell you that you can't use your property for what you want to use it for. Yeah, and, you know, I think the Endangered Species Act is different than other environmental laws because... When you think about something like the Clean Water Act, for example, and somebody, let's say they're polluting water body, the, the, the property owner is, in fact, doing something that allegedly is harmful to the environment. The property owners, in, in this instance, are not doing anything wrong. They just own property. It just so happens that the snail happens to kind of come visit them. And so right, right. as a result, they have these restrictions. So society has decided we're going to protect these species but then all the costs are then placed onto the property owner, and that can't continue. We have to, the, if society wants to do this, society as a whole has to bear the cost, not the individual property owners. So how subjective is the word endangered or threatened? I mean, who gets to decide what uh, reaches the level of being endangered? Uh, that's, you know, if we could talk about hours and hours <laughs> about that, and all kinds of litigation over those, over those issues, and there's little terms within those definitions and definitions upon definitions. So, yeah, that would take a long time. But honestly, that's that's one of the big challenges, too, is figuring out what should even be listed and what's threatened and what's endangered and whether or not it should even be considered threatened or endangered. And you wrote about the three ways that the new regulations are going to help endangered species, and one of them is uh, no longer treating threatened species as if they were endangered. What's the difference? Well, threatened species are species that actually are not considered to be um, endangered, but then in the foreseeable future they might be <laughs> endangered, and that's kind of the, the definition of threatened. And what's interesting is the law draws kind of a clear distinction between, okay, here's a threatened species and here's endangered species. And one of the agencies, the marine fisheries, they've always kind of respected the, the distinction that Congress intended. But the Fish and Wildlife Service for years has been basically treating endangered species and threatened species identically. And that's a problem because the threatened species get the same, it imposes severe property restrictions on property owners that might have threatened species on their property, just like they would with the endangered species. What that does is it misallocates the government's resources and it discourages property owners from trying to conserve and help the threatened species because if if, if they're winding up having the severe property restrictions, they're not, not going to try to help the threatened species. Yeah, and threatened can be stretched even further than endangered can. So uh, if you get the wrong people in charge, um, what what constitutes a threat? Is that, That's really open to interpretation. Yeah, it, it really, it all is. And that's, and that's why it's so important that the Trump administration has been, has come up with these rules to help provide some clarity and some consistency uh, in the law and to try to Look, if, if a property owner actually knows how to comply with the law, if the government agencies actually know how to enforce the law and they're not trying to get cute, what what happens is you wind up actually doing a better job of achieving your outcomes as opposed to trying to do everything, and then the property owners don't even know how to comply. The agencies are just trying to make everything listed, and then you, you don't achieve anything. You're trying to do a lot of, a little, you know, a lot of, bunch of things. You don't do anything well. So... Uh, this has been going on for 45 years. What What is it about the Trump administration? Is it Donald Trump? Is it uh, is it just that he just looks at what he considers to be stupid laws that aren't working, and he's better at doing that than other people? Or has this been has this been a long time coming for someone to come along and fix it? You know, I think it's both. I think that you know, if you try to touch the ESA Nature Species Act at all, uh, that's going to lead to re- a reaction. But I think in this case, the, the proposals are so, the reforms are so modest that it, it really probably is just the Trump administration. The Trump administration could have proposed anything and they would have just been up in arms. They could have 
done everything that the environmental groups wanted, and still they would have opposed it. So it, it really, I would just, for the, for the listeners out there, just when you see the criticism of the, the final regulations that came out, these regulations, just take it with a grain of salt. It's just hysterical. They're not really providing any real criticism. And the truth is, these regulations are going to help conserve species, not hurt the species. We're talking to Darren Bax. He's the, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Darren, am I? Yeah, you're fine. Okay. Uh-huh. Thanks. Uh, it's the he's a senior uh, research fellow on uh, an agriculture policy at the Heritage Foundation, and you do a lot of studies of uh, of environmental and endangered species. Um, I'm just wondering, like, what is the process? Let, let's say that uh, that I want to develop some land. I've got uh, several hundred acres of land that I want to develop, um, and and. and is it, does it vary from state to state, or is it a federal thing? Is it, I mean, do, is there some board I have to go in front of? Does does somebody send out a group of people to look around for endangered bugs and frogs? And how well, does it work? Both. What's, you can the, what's have both on both the federal on the federal level? So if, if your land has been considered critical habitat for a species, mm-hmm. um, which may or may not be, um, then it would depend on what you're trying to do on the property. If in any way it requires a permit, like, um, let's say, a farmer, for example, is plowing their land, and there's some type of potential water, and it doesn't get into a whole other issue, the way water yeah. state means, mm-hmm. um, but let's say there's a water. If you require a permit, then it, 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 it triggers the whole uh, the restrictions that might be imposed uh, with the Nature Species Act. So even if you incidentally, like, might... Th- impact the habitat of a species, you might get into trouble for it. Uh, it doesn't even have to be intentional. It doesn't have to be killing the species. It can just be, like I said, uh, incidentally, unintentionally, not knowingly, not even impacting it, just hurting their habitat um, could get wow. you into trouble. And that's why you hear a lot of, about property owners, like, clear-cutting their property so that, like, a bird won't fly into their property and you know, it's these kind of ridiculous incentives and disincentives that exist. The property owners should be the allies in protecting species and protecting the environment. And instead, the federal government has this really antagonistic relationship with the property owners, at least as it relates to um, the Endangered Species Act. Now, I'm going to guess that the media will will be uh, very much not on the side of Donald Trump on this and the hysteria. I haven't seen it much today, but the I, I know that the hysteria will eventually run rampant about this, about that every single little animal is now endangered. Yeah, you know, it's, but when the rules were, regulations were proposed, it wasn't too bad, but you could tell over the last week that the regulations were coming out. You could see these left-wing media outlets, which are most of them, um, getting hysterical, already criticizing the rule before they even came out. Um, and you just see headlines like, you know, basically, yes, the Trump administration is gutting the Endangered Species Act or going to hurt critters. And, right, right. And, you know, they just write the headline and then fill in a couple of, you know, get a couple of quotes and there's their article without actually providing any really understanding the issue and understanding how this is actually helpful to species. I only have about a minute and a half left, um, Darren. Costs. You talk about transparency, and um, one thing that the media won't pay a lot of attention to is how much money is spent. Yeah, you know, one of the big problems with well, the federal government, but also the, with the Native Species Act, is it's really difficult to know what the actual costs are. Um, we don't know what the costs are to property owners across this country for comp- complying with the Native Species Act. And what the, the final regulations would do and this is one area where the media is really misleading the public, is when you decide whether or not to list a species, it has to be done purely on a scientific basis. But what the agencies are proposing is, at the same time we list a species, we're going to communicate what the costs are. We're not going to let the cost dictate whether or not we list a species, but we want the public to know what this means. And what the media is trying to make it sound like is, oh, the listing decisions are going to be based on economic factors. That's not what the government's saying. Um, but the reality is what we need to do is know what the costs are so we can actually know what we're spending and how badly we're hurting property owners across this country. I'm out of time, Darren. I really appreciate you being on. I just uh, hope that we're able to save the gopher frog, the dusky gopher frog. But That's right. Thank you very lie. much. All right. Take care. We'll be Thanks. right back. 
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. There was another shutdown of the Hong Kong International Airport by pro-democracy protesters today. What had been an awareness exercise at the Asian Transport Hub has become a campaign to shut down operations. Checking counters were closed and travellers unable to leave. Hong Kong's leader, Carrie Lam, has accused activists of thrusting the city into a state of panic and chaos. On the Chinese mainland, state-run media has published images of convoys of military police gathering in the border city of Shenzhen. The BBC's Stephen MacDonald reporting the burst of violence also included protesters beating at least two men they suspected of being undercover agents and came on the same day Hong Kong's pro-Beijing leader warned that the demonstrators had pushed events into a path of no return, highlighting the hardening positions on both sides. This is SRN News. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Super Mega Fish Oil. Get the third bottle free. Packed with omega-3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids. Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Dogs love it. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Buy two. Get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Larry Elder has a question for the media. And as I'm watching media after media after media denounce President Trump for his hateful rhetoric, I said to myself, are any of these people at all, since they're so interested in assigning blame and demanding that people take responsibility, do you ever think about looking in the mirror and saying to yourself, maybe, just maybe, we contributed to this atmosphere that we're now denouncing? The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7, right before Joe Walsh at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. Community Bank, City Mission, Number One Cochrane, Highmark Stadium, Peters Township Community Center, Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction, design and build with one company. Nello Construction, full service construction from the ground up. Renovation, expansion. Nello Construction, the choice for business. See the projects, begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Homeowners love their Pella windows and doors, and we love how happy we made Susan from Sewickley. I just have to tell you, this bay window is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's fantastic. It really is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Can we install some happiness for you? Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call for your free consultation. We'll come to you. 888-78-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Got an accident on the eastbound PA Turnpike between Allegheny Valley and Pittsburgh. Monroeville taking out the right lane. Northbound 79 ties up from Parkway West up to 51. Parkway East acts up outbound Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood, Swissdale. Parkway North crash on the outbound side near 19. And one on the inbound side off to the shoulder approaching Union Avenue. Outbound Parkway West, busy sawmill on Boulevard to Carnegie. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. 
Mostly cloudy and muggy this evening with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Clouds will linger overnight, low 65. Not as humid tomorrow with clouds and some intervals of sun. There'll be a spotty thundershower around mostly south of the city, 82. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, 61. Clouds and breaks of sun for Thursday with a shower or thunderstorm, high 81 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Middle. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Now, maybe you've heard about the American fencer who took a knee during the playing of the Star Spangled Banner after he won a gold medal at the Pan Am Games over the weekend. His name is Ray Bowden, and he said he was protesting to draw attention to racism and the need for more gun control. The U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee says he could be sanctioned because of rules against making political statements during the ceremonies. Sally Jenkins is a columnist for the Washington Post, and she ripped the USOPC a new one today for its hypocrisy, and she joins us now. Sally, thanks for being here. My pleasure. So you you really tore into these people today. You wrote that not a single person in the USOPC has the moral authority to impose discipline on an athlete. Why do you say that? Well, because they really haven't done anything to truly reform themselves in the wake of the Larry Nazar uh, tragedy. You know, they uh, they this is an organization that presided over the abuse of literally hundreds of young athletes, and to date, it still hasn't taken appropriate action to correct the problems in the system. And so, they really have no standing to then turn around and sanction uh, anybody for an act of conscience. Yeah, and just uh, to refresh people, Larry Nasser. Uh, Larry Larry Nazar was the team physician for USA Gymnastics who molested uh, literally hundreds of girls over his tenure. He was a USOC physician, uh, and uh, a congressional investigation uh, that took 18 months concluded just just a couple of weeks ago. Senators Blumenthal and Moran issued a finding that USA Gymnastics and the USOC had had knowledge of his abuse and had basically covered it up. Um, allowing for uh, as many as 40 more victims. Uh, so it's, you know, look, the, the Nazar situation is a terrible tragedy, but there are other situations in other sports. We've got a figure skating sexual abuse scandal going on right now. Swimming has had terrible problems with this sort of thing. Taekwondo. I mean, it's all over the Olympic movement, and the USOC really hasn't gotten a grip on it yet. And the, more importantly, the USOC hasn't gotten a grip on basic common-sense reforms that the organization needs to take yeah. uh, to protect to protect its athletes. Yeah, and, and, it, and, and, and this is not my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Senators Blumenthal and Moran said this very thing when they issued their report on July 30th. And, uh, I mean, to, uh, the piece is uh, extensive, and you go into many of the things that, uh, that you're t- talked about here. Um, the, the, the corruption and the, the, the ability of these people to skate – uh, and not have to pay a price for what they did or didn't do, that is such a bigger deal than just um, how the U- USOPC is run. I mean, it, it, based, based on what you wrote in your piece today, the, the, the organization shouldn't exist. Well, not only have they not reformed themselves, they've actually granted seven-figure severance packages yeah. to the two men, uh, Scott Blackman, who was the, the CEO of the USOC, and Steve Penny, who was the head of USA Gymnastics, who literally personally uh, were responsible for the inaction that allowed uh, Larry Nazar to continue to molest girls. So, uh, you know, you grant Scott Blackman a $2.4 million severance package. I mean, (laughs) that's more than 95% of Larry Nazar's victims have gotten in settlements. So I don't know what the USOC, uh, or the, the USOPC, as they now call themselves, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what that board is thinking. I don't know what their upper management is thinking. But I don't believe they should be in upper management anymore. Anyone who made that decision needs to be out. You only uh, get away with that kind of uh, stuff out of arrogance and knowing that nobody's going to say anything about it. I mean, you said something about it, but you're going to skate. Nobody... You give somebody a $2 million uh, severance package, and they walk out the door with their $2 million, and you show up at work the next day, and everything's fine. You know, I mean, part of the problem is that structurally, this is an organization, the USOC, that makes uh, literally hundreds of millions of dollars off of the backs and the sweat of athletes. And yet, athletes are having to panhandle for meal money, practically. Uh, they're they're starving uh, for funding for their training. They... Uh, 
the, the, the vast majority of revenue is going to executive pay and executive expense accounts. And, and it's inappropriate. And one thing that it does is it sets up a system in which the athlete has no leverage. A lot of these kids told Congress, in, uh, and they told members of the Senate in these hearings, that they were afraid to tell people about things like Larry Nazar because they were afraid that they would lose what funding they had. They were afraid they would be left off teams. You know, you, you work four years for a lifelong dream, uh, to, to fulfill a lifelong dream, and you don't want to rock the boat. The gymnasts were gold medalists. You know, Simone Beals, Ali Raisman, uh, Jordan Weaver. I mean, these were multi-multi-decorated gold medal gymnasts, and they were afraid to complain. So what does that tell you about the USOC? It tells you the thing needs to burn to the ground, is no, what it tells you. Oh, no question. But also, it, it tells me something about also about priorities. I mean, I know... Look, I've never been a gold medal athlete and uh, never sniffed anything close to it. But at some point, uh, and I know they're young kids in, in many cases here, but as they get older, it just seems kind of strange to me that someone wouldn't decide that my, my being sexually abused or my knowledge of someone else being sexually abused might want to take precedence over my ability to win a gold medal. And, and well, but it's, it's, hard, it's hard to make those sort of moral decisions uh, it's harder to make those sort of moral decisions when you have a $600,000 a year salary at stake or a million-dollar salary at, at stake or a half-a-million-dollar bonus. I mean, these are people who are protecting uh, their expense accounts and their salaries and their, their executive structure. Uh, they were protecting revenue streams. You know, they, were, they didn't want a scandal at USA Gymnastics because USA Gymnastics was a huge, huge revenue producer for the USOC and for the IOC. And so protecting the status quo and protecting the revenue stream became more important than protecting the athletes. No, the uh, athletes were literally treated as baggage, as property. Yeah. Well, I get, I, I understand that. I understand someone protecting their $2 million bonus or just protecting their eight-figure salary. But what I'm saying is that the, the athletes themselves, it, it's amazing to me that with all that abuse, that there weren't some or more um, girls who just said, you know what, the hell with uh, my gold medal or the hell with the gymnastics team. I can't put up with this anymore and, and, and blew the whistle sooner. Uh, it's just well, amazing think, to me it lasted that long. I mean, what, what's actually really tragic is to think about, and, that, and I've written this in the Washington Post, you know, it, 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 it boggles the mind to think about how many athletes fell by the wayside because they just couldn't do it. You know, they uh -huh. just couldn't put up with it. It wasn't worth it. You know, the abuse, the, you know, it, there's, there's sexual abuse as the problem of sexual abuse in American Olympic sports. And there's also been the problem of physical abuse, uh, mental abuse, uh, the, the holding, you know, the, 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 the using of leverage. You know, if you don't cooperate and do what we tell you to do, we'll leave you off the team or you won't get the funding. You know, a lot of kids, particularly, in, I've heard from kids in the ski program where a lot of the money is directed towards you know, the conventional alpine sports, but the, you know, the snowboarders and the, the kids in the slightly less conventional, older ski sports have really, really struggled for funding. And mm -hmm. a lot of kids have just given up, you know. And meanwhile, you've got 129 executives at the USOC making over six figures uh, in salaries, and that's not counting their bonuses, you know. And something's really, really wrong with that picture when kids are giving up. You know, and meanwhile, you've got an organization that's that's got over 500 employees at the USOC. Okay, over 500 people at that organization. We only send a couple hundred athletes to the Winter Olympics. Yeah. I mean, literally, uh, it's this weighted, top-heavy, um, excessive organization that you know really only has one job, which is to fund and help athletes training for the Olympics. And, and their other job is to protect them and try to keep them somewhat healthy. And they didn't do any of it. And, and so the, my question is, what are we paying them for? Mm -hmm. you know, this is a nonprofit organization. Their money comes from sponsorship, from television revenues, and uh, media packages, and rights, rights fees, and also, to a certain extent, from public donations. You know, all of this money is flooding into this organization and it's getting stuck right in the middle of the organization. And the people raking in that revenue, you know, uh, quite frankly, are using young people's bodies to make their livings and yet not protecting those bodies. We're talking to Sally Jenkins, columnist for The Washington Post. You mentioned that uh, the USOPC is a, a nonprofit. 
Um, it's supposed to be a nonprofit, yeah. but does it does that look like a nonprofit to you? Well, they might not be making a profit. That the the people are <laughs> could still be making really nice salaries. That may be why yeah. they're not making a profit. But that, that, you know, this is an organization that likes to foster an image of caring, uh, patriotic adults devoted to the development of young people and the promotion of amateur athletics. And, uh, you know, this you know what the image is, is, is that they're trying to project. Is anybody out there still buying any of that? You know, I think it's a very, very damaged uh, organization. And the reason that I wrote what I did uh, in today's paper is I think, I think we understand now that this organization really has no moral standing in this country. They, they lost it with the Larry Nazar situation on top of the USA swimming situation and the other uh, abuse, uh, abuse scandals in a, in a whole range of sports. They, they really can't uh, make any good argument anymore for disciplining an athlete, for setting any sort of policies that athletes are bound to respect. I think they've, they've, lost, they've lost their standing, and, and I, I didn't really feel that until... Uh, the 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 taking a knee issue over this past weekend, you know, when Simone Beals did what she did and, and nailed, you know, really record breaking, you know, triple doubles. And meanwhile, you've got Gwen Berry and you've got, uh, you know, the the, the fencer race Embedden doing what he did on the podium. And, and the USOC is going to turn around and try to impose some sort of discipline. And it all the confluence of those events just made you think. Wait a second. I mean, this organization doesn't have a leg to stand on. This is an organization that has shown no conscience and no conviction, and now they're going to turn around and try to tell athletes how to behave at the Olympic Games? You've got to be kidding me. Well, one of the things that seems to me might is a problem is that it's the Olympics, and, and the Olympics only show up every four years. This other stuff goes on, and there's competition, but it's very much under the radar until every four years, and then it's the Olympics. So we're coming right. into an Olympic year now. Twenty twenty is an Olympic year, so you know in the next few months, uh, do you expect that the media will be giving more attention to this? Oh, I do, and and not only that, but you know I really hope the media doesn't uh, let the USOC get away with one of the things that it's been trying to do is play this card which is, well, we're gearing up for the Tokyo Olympics. You know, we don't want to um, undertake a lot of really dramatic reform that might disrupt preparing for Tokyo. Well, that's baloney. That's baloney, okay? The people who are preparing for Tokyo are the athletes, you know? Mm -hmm. And giving them more funding and giving them a bigger voice at the decision-making table, you know, giving them 50% of the seats on the USOC board, which is what they deserve, giving them... 50% 50% of every dime of revenue that comes into that organization. Those are the sorts of reforms we should be talking about uh, prior to Tokyo, and they would do nothing but help athletes get ready for Tokyo. Now, you say that the only solution, you seem to say anyway, and I think that that's what I get from it, that the, basically the only solution is pretty much blowing it up and starting over. But who's, who is the person that could come in and blow it up? Does that well, person Congress, exist? It's a, it's a federally chartered, you know, this, this is an organization that was created by Congress uh, with the Ted Stevens uh, Sports Act. Uh, it's federally chartered by, by Congress. Its oversight is by Congress, committees and subcommittees uh, in Congress. It's, mm-hmm. it's under the Commerce Committees in the House and the Senate. And, uh, you know, what I think should happen is I think that, that now that they've completed their investigation and they've agreed that the USOC is completely culpable in this situation, what I think they should do is I think that they should create a blue ribbon commission with some very smart, uh, savvy sports people on it uh, to go in and uh, take a look and get the best advice that they can for what a new organization ought to look like and then recharter it with entirely new leadership and an entirely new structure that puts the athlete right at the center, not the marketers, not the licensors, not the branders, not the executives. You know, yeah. um, this needs to be an athlete-centered organization. And last thing, do you think that there's, I mean, bipartisan is not something you see a lot of these days down there in D.C. Is this something you think that they could get agreement on both sides on? I do. You know, uh, Jerry Moran and and Richard Blumenthal are very proud of the bipartisan agreement that they've had on this. I mean, you know, it doesn't take much to agree that on on, this is an outrage. I mean, 
you know, we love our athletes. I mean, these are beautiful, beautiful kids. They're the very, very best of America. I mean, they are aspirational. They are self-motivated. They are highly educated. They are the, our hardest-working young citizens, okay? Unselfish, driven, you know, beautiful kids. And uh, I think it's, it's completely... Uh, you know, realistic to think that, that Congress, people on both sides of the aisle in Congress, whether you're talking about Cory Gardner and Diana Jajet in the House or Richard Blumenthal and Jerry Moran in the Senate, uh, and other people too. I mean, lots of other, Capitol Hill's been outraged by this. They've been as outraged by this as any of us, as you or me. Mm-hmm. And they want to get this thing right because it has the initials U.S. in front of it, and it is chartered by Congress. I mean, this deal is Congress's responsibility, and they're taking it seriously, and they're not finished. There's an uh, inspector general's investigation going on at the FBI. People in Congress, Moran and Blumenthal, they want to know why Steve Penny was so involved in the FBI investigation that went nowhere for over a year. They want to know what happened with that FBI agent in Indianapolis who should have been, you know, conducting search warrants on Larry Nazar and didn't. I think that there could be some indictments coming down. This thing's far from over, and uh, the people at the USOC who think that it's over are wrong. Sally, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, Great piece today at the Washington Post. Thanks. My pleasure. Thank you. And that's Sally Jenkins of the Washington Post, and I'll be right back. A couple of weeks ago, we had Rocky Blyer here to talk about his work with Miracle League in Moon Township. Fields for athletes with special needs. Jim Leland, the Pirates' former manager, is also involved in that project. Jim, thanks for being here. Great to be here, John. Great to talk to you. Tell me about the Miracle League of Moon Township. It's just a great thing for these kids, and it's a wonderful opportunity for people to participate. Some people are a little less fortunate than others, and I think it's just a great opportunity for people to volunteer and to help out and put a smile on somebody's face. I've seen the field that they put out in Upper St. Clair. It's amazing. Oh, it's unbelievable the way they construct these things they have the ramps and everything for the kids it takes a little stress off the parents i think it's what pittsburgh's all about it's just a great thing it'll serve montour west allegheny moon swickley weirton steubenville beaver county and surrounding communities approximately 100 to 200 children will be eligible to participate and it'll also serve adults with special needs so it's a great cause and if you'd like to see how you can help maybe donate some money check it out at miraclesinmoon.org miraclesinmoon.org we'll be right back Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Warning, property protected by electric fence. Sharks sighted in water. Warnings are truly handy. Bridge out. But you may not always get a warning when it comes to threats to your identity or the personal information on your devices. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection includes Norton Security for even more protection. LifeLock uses proprietary technology to help detect identity threats, like your personal info for sale on the dark web. And Norton Security protects up to five devices from ransomware and other online threats. Plus, if you have a problem, our agents will work to fix it. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or cybercrime or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but having someone looking out for you... Warning, minefield ahead. ...will help keep you out of danger. Join now and get 10% off your first year. Go to lifelock.com and enter promo code TITTLE. That's promo code TITTLE for 10% off. LifeLock with Norton. More detection, more protection. Driving is freedom. The freedom to keep moving, to control your destiny, and to choose your path. And now, that freedom fits in the palm of your hand. 
It's called Ford Pass, the only app that gives you roadside assistance. Ford Pass rewards, and now when you buy or lease a new Ford, earn points you can use toward flexible complementary maintenance that gives you, well, more freedom. Ford Pass, built to keep you moving. Built Ford Proud. Visit your participating Ford dealership to find out about getting flexible complimentary maintenance when you buy or lease a new Ford and sign up for rewards. Roadside assistance is included for certain Ford owners and available to everyone for a per-service fee. Ford reserves the right to change program details without obligations. Visit your participating dealer or FordPassRewards.com for program rules and restrictions. Ford Pass, compatible with select smartphone platforms, is available via download. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. I got some bad news today. The uh, the Our Lady of Grace Church and School uh, Carnival out in Scott Township had to be canceled. Uh, it was supposed to start tomorrow. They got a threat uh, down at the, at the diocesan office, and uh, it said uh, a security problem at uh, between whatever the dates are, tomorrow and uh, through the weekend. And um, the only church that was having a carnival or a festival they call it now was uh, our lady of grace and so they had to cancel it and uh the reason it means something to me i went to school there and uh that carnival at that church and and many churches around the area um catholic churches so many of them they put these uh carnivals festivals on and they they need that money they make a lot of money from it to help them throughout the whole year and uh it's a shame to see that happen that that car i was going to that carnival or lady of grace when i was 10 years old i'm 70 it's been every, it's been every summer and i i don't know if it's ever been canceled before but it's a shame uh that it had to be canceled so i hope they figure out a way to raise that money um and uh, i just want to say one thing before i um before I go here, do I have time? How much time do I got? Eh, I don't have time. I was going to tell you about uh, the president of Brazil telling people to poop every other day, but I'm, I'm out of time. Just try Googling it. Uh, that's uh, that's for your leadership in Brazil, that the president actually came out and said it might be a good idea for people to start pooping every other day. And that's all I'm going to tell you. I'm going to leave it up to you to look it up, but maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Bye. Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.